Testing, one, two, three. David, cave dweller. Three of May, 2020. Testing, one, two, three, four, five. Any plans formulated for this yeah. coming week? Yeah. Ben? Um, I have heard on Friday. Can I get Friday back off? <laughs> yeah, that's entirely up to you. Okay. Yeah, I was coming down to ask. We can go to Iowa, but um, we would do it on Friday. Is that because they're easing restrictions this week? Really? Is when they're okay. They were in lockdown, and now they're not. Technically, for my parents' bar, it's still shelter in place and stuff. This time, I don't think anything will change. So, come on out, and it works out every year. Every year we go. Sure, so absolutely. So that's the new thing. Not that you'll be able to do a whole lot there, because. Hi, Luke. I was telling the board about those last last night. I I should have shown them a example of that. Did Ryan tell you? I think that we were give, getting coffee to some of the teachers today. Some of the teachers at both Simmons Elementary and Tiffany were doing lunches or something for kids and so he asked if we could buy each of the teachers a coffee and I said yeah let's do that so I think he was taking care of that today is this good just a little bit to the yeah. right of this Do you know, are we on with the new internet yet? Yeah. And it's sub subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow us or like us on Facebook, right? I was going to turn it around 
and just see if you missed something. In fact, when I was, I did that when you were up there and you didn't pick up on it. You just, just, just went right by. Uh, I was deeply disappointed. Is this rolling? Oh, well, the great thing is I have nothing to hide. You know, I think of all of the things that I have said, now, of course, most of those recordings are gone. You know, we threw all of the cassette tapes out, and and I don't know why anybody would keep the the CDs longer than what we've been doing that, but but I don't, you know, I mean, hey, hey Ryan, um, but I, you know, I, I can't, in, in all these years, I don't, I don't remember saying anything like, oh, I said a bad word, or I mean, I've, I've garbled things, but sure. I don't, I don't think that there's anybody that could Say, look, here's the incriminating evidence. Well, what we do is we take all your words and then we just cut them into the sentences we want to. Simple, you know, we've simple. Got a, a big enough database. It's a plan. Who cut your hair, Ben? Uh, I'll be over later. <laughs> and Brian did. Did she cut hair? I didn't know she cut hair. Well, she cut the mustache. I don't know that I want that. I don't want that haircut. I don't want that haircut. Let me move this closer. Well, I'm looking down a little bit, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it, 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 okay with me. It, it is. It is obviously looking down. I I do anyway. Look at this. This is the cheap one. Yeah. The cheap tripod? Yeah. This is the really expensive tripod. Oh, I see. Okay. In cropping, can you take about 15, 20 pounds off right in here? Usually. Right here. Usually. <laughs> Just manipulate it however you need to. I'm going to be right in here. Yeah, it's just just a little bit to the left here. 
Isn't it still? Boy, that would be a bummer if we got halfway through. And yeah. Probably, probably takes a lot of juice though to record, doesn't it? Boy, I found out with FaceTime. Boy, that really sucks it down, doesn't it? Everything look good here? Nothing sticking up or anything? Everything, all, all signals turned off of there? Um, yeah, I did turn off the signals. So there's no notifications that are going to come up on this? So I can begin at any point? Yeah, yeah, wait for me to get up there so I oh, Okay. All right. Well, good morning. Great to be with you this great Sunday morning and uh, want to thank the worship team for all that they've done and uh, putting this together. All the people, again, as I've really pointed out every week, just the, the team effort that has gone into uh, making all of this happen. It's great to be with you uh, in this way. And uh, I want to welcome you this morning, uh, again, as others have before me. And I also want to encourage you to, uh, to give this morning. Uh, we are receiving offerings in a little bit of a different way, but there are a, a number of ways in which you can give this morning. Uh, first of all, you can go to our website, afa.church, and there are directions there on how you can give in tithes and offerings. Uh, you can also uh, text an amount, and you see that information there. Uh, or you could send it to uh, P.O. Box 1, Aberdeen, South Dakota, 57402. Very, very simple, P.O. Box 1, Aberdeen. And, or you can just drop it by the church. Uh, by the way, our church office remains open, and uh, you, can, you can come by if you want to drop that off or, or greet someone here. Uh, also, and I, I, I point this out as well, that some people have asked, well, can we come by and pray at the church? Well, we're obviously observing social distancing and keeping that number below a certain amount, but if you want to come and pray in the church, this is a house of prayer, and we welcome you to, to, to come and pray. And we encourage you to give this morning. We've been in contact with many of, our, many of our missionaries over the last uh, number of weeks and, and assuring them that, that we're taking part. We, we support about 40 different missionaries and ministries every month here at AFA, and it is a joy to partner with them and to support uh, really uh, many thousands of dollars every month. And so what a blessing it is. So I encourage you this morning to give in tithes and offerings, and, and God's blessing I know is ours. 
Also this morning, obviously you're watching this either uh, by way of YouTube or Facebook. And if, you, uh, if, you, if you're watching via YouTube, and you can just subscribe to our channel there. And so you can get then previous messages, uh, services, and also sub- subsequent services. And, uh, and if you're on, on Facebook, you can, you can uh, like us or, or you can follow our page and, and again get all of those different messages. We're so grateful that you're with us again today. Um, this morning I'm going to be reading from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 22. So if you have a Bible with you, you can go ahead and turn there. 1 Samuel chapter 22. I mentioned last week, today is actually part two of a, of a, me- a very small message series. And I mentioned last week that I have heard people say to me or heard people say to other persons that, that, uh, that this self-isolation thing is like living in a cave. Uh, people in, in, in their homes not getting out very much. And, and, and somebody told me that again this last week. They said, it's like living in a cave. And I, I didn't say this, but I thought it. I thought, you know, not a bad cave. <laughs> uh, we, have, we have high-speed internet in many of our homes. And we have uh, cell phones that we can follow with uh, talk to people around the world via FaceTime. We have climate-controlled rooms. And, and I'll tell you what, we also still have Domino's that delivers. So, you know, if that's living in a cave, not too bad. But I understand what people are saying. Well, the Bible here in 1 Samuel chapter 22 uh, records a man, uh, the man named David, one of the, the major personalities of the Bible, one of the great and godly men of Scripture, uh, how he, this, 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 this man of God, how he for a time was a cave dweller. David was a cave dweller. This former giant killer, this, this uh, national hero, this, this, uh, this man who was, who was a, a war veteran, actually a war leader, how it says here that in this chapter, he was running from this, this insanely jealous king named Saul, who was intent on, at the very least, capturing and quite, quite likely killing David. He'd tried to do that before he would try again. So David, the Bible records here, hid away in this wilderness cave. The first line of 1 Samuel chapter 22 again reads this way, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And we saw how, last week, we saw how in God's will, he is in God's will here, this cave became David's breaking place. I believe that this was a turning point in David's life. This was a this this became this cave of Agilum became a breaking place. How we also saw how many of the Psalms that, that David wrote, three of those Psalms tell us that this place, this cave also became a holy site, a place where David where David began to find his refuge in God like at no other time before this. This cave of Agilum was this major point in his life, not, a, not an easy place, not a, uh, not a comfortable place, but it became a holy place, a place where he met with God. And still today, we liken this, and again, you can, you can get all of this from last week's message, but still today, hard places become breaking places, and in those hard places, Jesus becomes our refuge I do not rejoice in people's hurt or hard times or 
suffering times. But I know from personal experience and from observing many others for many years that it's in those hard places where we grow the most. It's in those hard places that God breaks us and, and builds us and prepares us and, and restores us. He also redirects us in those, often in those very, very hard places. We see this in our lives. We, we see this here in 1 Samuel chapter 22. There's another thing that, just in this text, another thing that happened to David in this very hard and difficult place. We read the first part of, of verse 1. Let's read all of it here. It, it says this, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. Now, we don't know exactly what this cave looked like. We don't know the dimensions of it. It's probably a series of caves or a, an area that had a lot, a lot of caves. But uh, David was the first one here in this cave. Uh, again, a very powerful, uh, breaking, transforming time for David. He, he was the first one there. But when his family, it says here, when his family heard that he was there, they went to him. They went to him. Now, we know from earlier chapters in 1 Samuel that David had seven brothers. The sons of Jesse numbered eight, uh, and, and, and David had seven brothers. Also in 1 Chronicles, later on, in 1 Chronicles, it, it records there that David had two sisters. So it was, it was a large family, not unusual for that time to have you know, many, many children in the family. But before this, an interesting thing to observe just in the, the sequence of the, the life story of David, uh, before this, the, or the last time that his family is mentioned prior to this time was when his brothers were berating him when David offered to go up against the giant Goliath. You know that story, but that's the last time that any of his family are mentioned prior to this chapter, that there was conflict there, that there was, I don't know if it was jealousy or just derision for, for this young man who thought he could do this. And in fact, God called him to do this, and in fact, he did that. Maybe when his brothers were coming down on him, it was... It was because they were still a little bit perplexed why David, sometime before that even, why David was chosen to be the next king of Israel rather than one of them. Because they, I'm sure they regarded him as the most unlikely to succeed to that level. Again, as I mentioned last week, David wrote about half of the Psalms, the book of Psalms. 75 of them. And uh, in one of those Psalms, uh, in Psalm 69, David wrote this, I am a stranger to my brothers and alien to my mother's sons. It gives you a little bit of an insight into the relationship, at least for a time that David had with his family. I'm a stranger to my brothers. I'm an alien or an outsider to my own mother's sons. But here, in verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 22, it says when his brothers and when his family or his father's household, when they heard where he was, it says here that they went to him. Some Bible scholars suggest that because 
this is recorded because this, this fact is recorded here that, that it, it indicates that this was also a time of reconciliation. I like that word, reconciliation. It means to, to come back together, to, to be reconciled to, for a, a relationship that was damaged or broken to be restored, to be healed. I don't know what it was like, but, but here's David. He's alone in the cave, and, and, and he hears something, and he begins to see members of his family, perhaps people that he had not seen for some time. But what that must have done for him to see his family gather around him. Hard times, difficult times, breaking times, have a way of getting people's attention and even reconciling families. People that you once had a relationship now coming back together. Now, I'm not exactly sure of all of the factors in that, but I think a big one is that during hard times, we realize what is important and what's not important. We realize who's very special to us and the relationships that need to be maintained or restored. And here's David in this hard place, and his family hears about it, and they come to him and and I believe that there was a reconciliation there. You know, in any hard time that we go through, and I'm not, please understand, I'm not talking just about this, this present thing because we're going to get through this, but there's going to be other future hard times. There are, there are people that will go through things, things individually or as a family, and they're, and they're going to make this hard time that many people in our nation are going through, at least it's going to be even greater on a, on a localized sense or in a, in, a, in a very personal level to people. And when they go through those hard times, they really begin to understand or remember the relationships that are very important to them. I've seen people in hard times when a diagnosis comes or, or when a, a financial setback occurs. I've seen how families are reconciled and they come back and they rally around each other. Something, again, that I've been praying for for people during this time, this particular hard time, is that, that, that they will understand that there are some things that just aren't worth fighting about and that there will be restoration and reconciliation, that God, in breaking times, will also break some of those feelings that people have towards each other and families will be reconciled. I'd like you to be praying for that as well. Maybe there's somebody in your family or there's somebody that you need to go to. You know, we look at this and we go... David was there and his family came to him. Well, maybe you're the family that needs to go to someone else. Maybe they need to come to you, but go ahead and make the first step. During hard times, go and minister to those who are closest to you. I'm believing and praying for reconciliation. By coming to David, by the way, at this time and in this place, his family put themselves in danger. Think about that. They would be considered by by uh, by the king, the insane King Saul, as uh, aiding or abetting the enemy, or collaborating with the enemy, or or even treason to to come and be with with David. They were putting themselves at great risk by being here, but by coming to this cave dweller, in this place and at this time, they demonstrated their love and their commitment. I have found. You have, I'm sure as well, that when, some, when someone comforts you in the hardest of times, even the riskiest of times, they demonstrate both care and commitment. 
when it costs them something to reach out to you, when it costs someone something or when they risk something to care and to commit, they demonstrate their love. Proverbs chapter 17, by the way, Proverbs written by David's, most of them written by David's son. Proverbs 17 verse 17 tells us this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I mean, here's, here's David, he's, he's in this, this, this cave of Agilom, he's running from the insane king and his family, his brothers come to him in this time of adversity. They, they showed that they were not only his brothers, but they cared for him, that there was a love. One of the reasons why we're a gathering of believers, my friend, is, is so that we can come to each other. I, I just, the middle of last week, I was made aware again and how, because people are in relationship, I'm talking about here at AFA, because people have been in relationship when somebody hurts, somebody else reaches out to them. I've been reminded of that not only this last week, but throughout my time here as your pastor. I've seen how people care deeply for each other during the hardest of times. And uh, I'm, I'm very grateful that we can connect this way, but there's a dynamic that happens when we gather together and when we have been in relationship for a while and we commit to that relationship, when we gather together and minister in that way, uh, boy, in the hardest of times, people reach out. I've seen that and I encourage that going forward. Well, so his family, the Bible says here in verse one that his family came to him but there were others beyond his family who came to David in that cave. Look at verse 2. It says, All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around David, and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. <laughs> 400 men must have been a pretty good-sized cave. Uh and, and, and then it uses these words, and I, I call them the three D's, and they're not very good D's. <laughs> they were in distress, they were in debt, and they were discontented. Man, I, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I'd want to be stuck in a cave with, with people that were, that were distressed and indebted and, and discontented. You don't want to go on a road trip with someone like that, but can you imagine all of those people? This was a, this was a fascinating group of people. And, and I looked up the, the Hebrew word. The, the, the Old Testament uh, is, was written in, in Hebrew, and I looked up the three words, these three words in Hebrew. Distressed, the first D there, distressed meant that they were people who had been pressured or oppressed. They were people who had been pushed around. They, they were people who had experienced the stress of themselves running from, probably running from a crazy king. <laughs> they were in debt. And the, the word that is used here, they were in debt because of usury or, or uh, an excessive or unreasonable or unfair taxation. These were people that that were not in debt because there was necessarily a downturn in the economy or because they did stupid things, but because the, the king, the demon-possessed king, was, uh, was misusing them. Uh, and the, the word discontentment, it letter, literally meant that they, were, they had a bitterness in their soul. Wow, 
They had, th- this, had affected, this had affected their demeanor. This affected their emotions. This affected their interactions with other people. They had been oppressed and abused for so long that it, 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 it affected them at their core. They were discontented. These were other people who had been singled out or harassed, perhaps even pursued themselves by the insane King Saul. And I'm sure that when they came, remember David's there alone, then his family comes around him, and now these other people begin to gather. I'm sure that when they came, David understood that he wasn't the only one. He wasn't the only one who was going through this. There were others. Now there's a danger, there's a danger certainly in you know, surrounding yourself with discontented people. It can, it can feed off of each other and there's, there's some things that have to be done. But, these, but understand that it, it wasn't that they were just naturally or, or unreasonably discontented. These were all broken and hurting people. They were broken people themselves. They had their own stories. David had his story, but they had their own stories. These were hurting people. Let me tell you something. If you didn't know this already, it's really hard to be around broken and hurting people. It is. It's hard. It's hard to to be willing to walk the journey with people who have gone through something so fragmenting in their lives. It's hard to be around broken and hurting people. You know, as a pastor, wow, what an honor. I mean, still, all these years later, after God called me decades ago, what an honor to be a pastor. But as a pastor, I'm exposed to a lot of broken and hurting people. I've walked that journey with people in some of the deepest moments of their brokenness. But let me also add very quickly that others have come around me in my times of pain and in my times of brokenness. It's what we're supposed to do. It's what we're supposed to do is to gather around each other when we're hurting and say, you know what, we're in this together. A great thing about being around broken people who find their refuge in Jesus Christ, it gives you a front row seat to observe God's healing and transforming power. I mentioned a moment ago that it's, it's, it's difficult to be around people that are broken and hurting because especially if you care for them, there's an, an emotional investment. There's an emotional expenditure But also when you walk that journey with them, you get this front row seat, I mean up close and personal, to see how God changes them and transforms them and heals them and then uses them. See, that's the, that's the, if all it were were just, you know, let's just hang around broken people and, 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 and share in their misery. But in that place of brokenness, in this case, in a cave of ab, of, of Agilum, there, there was a transformation that began to take place, not only in David, but I'm sure in others. By the way, speaking of David, sometime later, 
there were 37 persons whose names would eventually be recorded as the 37 mighty men of David. David's 37, David's mighty men. And we're very confident that, that, that those mighty men, those great warriors, those persons who later on in the Bible are recorded as performing tremendous exploits by the power of God, that those persons were some of those who were distressed and indebted and discontented and who gathered in that cave with David. A lot of people believe, people who study not only Scripture but also um, literature, uh, many believe that the stories of the English folktales of both King Arthur and Robin Hood, two different stories. They believe that many of the elements in those fictional stories came from the true story of David who, who gathered around him people who were harassed by uh, a wicked king and, and yet God brought them together and did something with them together that they could not have done individually. And... Uh, and how God used them, that, that this is the element to some of those other stories. We don't know that for sure, but I know this, in a hard place, in a hard place, in a, in a difficult, uncomfortable place, God brought people together to shape them and to prepare them to change their world. We still talk about David. We still talk about his mighty men, some of whose names, if I mentioned, you would, they would sound familiar to you. People who were tremendously used of God were shaped and were prepared, beginning, they came together in a difficult place. I shared last week, uh, so I share again, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily like difficult places. We like places of comfort. We like places of, uh, of, of relative ease. But it's in those difficult places that when, when God brings his people together and God shapes them and God prepares them to change their world. And I'm believing that in this difficult time and in other difficult times and in other difficult situations, maybe in your family, you're, you're going through the forge, you're, you're going through the fire right now and God is forging something in you or in your family or in your marriage through this difficult time. He's preparing you and he's shaping you for greater things ahead. That's why I'm excited about what God is doing. That's why I can look with optimism at, at not only the present circumstance, but, but at, at anything that you might be going through. And I can say, I know it's hard and I feel for you, but I, I, I believe that our God can shape people and prepare people in that difficult time so that in months and years to come, we will look back and say, look what God did and look what God is doing now because of that time. You see, some of the greatest things begin in hard places. Cave dweller. Cave dweller. Again, 
cave-dwelling seasons begin as frustrating times, but they can become among the most formative of times. It's my prayer for you. It's my prayer for you, not only in this season, but in any season in which you find yourself. See, our God still has a plan. Being in God's will does not make us exempt from hardship. Often, frequently, God leads us into hard times in His will to shape us. I'm praying that for you. This morning, I want to close this time in prayer, and I I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you and your family. Again, that reconciliation. I want to pray that God in this in this challenging time, whatever challenging time you're going through, that he will shape you and prepare you. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are together or individually going through a hard time right now. And I pray that in these stretching, difficult times that we would understand the things that are important. And one of the things that you've given us is our family. And I pray for reconciliation. I pray for a healing between brothers and sisters, between siblings, parent and child, child and parent, even beyond that. I pray for a healing, Lord, a reconciliation in this difficult time. I pray that for my, for my friends, my brothers and sisters. I also pray, Lord, that in this in this breaking time, in this difficult time, that people would come together and trust you for greater things than ever before. That in our challenges, you would forge uh, and prepare a, a resolve within us and the, the, the means within us to, to do greater things going forward than we ever have had we not gone through this time. Lord, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do, what you're going to accomplish through your people because of this and other times. Thank you, Lord, for caves. We don't always like them, and we don't want to be there forever. But, Lord, I thank you that you use us and you prepare us in those times. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. I'm so glad that you were with us today at AFA, and I look forward to connecting with you again. God bless you. Go in the power and in the grace and in the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What do you think? Uh, Do you have a time? Oh, that long. There was 12 minutes in that offering? No, no, no. So this was recording. Ben started recording. Oh. There's 12 minutes of recording in that. Okay.